0: You are listening to an Anna Zao Ministries podcast.
1: Can Christians cheer for Venom? Today, we're going to be reviewing Venom 2 Let There Be Carnage and asking whether or not it's okay for Christians to cheer for anti heroes or nigh villains like him, as well as giving our overall thoughts and a spoiler filled review. For the movie. Uh, This episode is primarily for those that are familiar with the movie and some of the comics. Uh, We will be going into some of it. So if you've never gotten into the source material, hang in there. Uh, We will be uh, diving into some of that as well. Hey, everybody, welcome to Systematic Geekology, episode number seven. We are the priest to the geeks. By that, we're not saying that we're ordained ministers or anything like that, but rather we mean priests in the biblical sense of being mediators. This isn't a Trojan horse or some kind of trap. We are real geeks looking to explore the theological and philosophical implications in the things that we love. Remember, if you enjoy this episode, you can help support this show and help us continue making more Christian geek content like our recent after show where we went over Doctor Who season two, episodes eight and nine available at patreon.com slash systematic geekology. My name is Joe and I am a comic book nerd and i have been recently delving over into the world of sci-fi by binging a youtube series that a guy created going over um reviews and synopses of each one of the uh seasons of star trek so i've been binging that planning on watching the actual shows and movies starting november I'm Alex. I'm a college
2: student and a bookworm, and I am currently watching Squid Game. Is it good? It's good. Hmm. Yeah. I'm in episode four, I think. So things are starting to get interesting.
0: Yeah. Uh, So I am Joshua Knoll. I am an aspiring lawyer who is finishing up his degree in biblical studies. Figure that one out. And I... What's well, something I do? I have this week spent a lot of time playing Smash Bros. on mute while listening to my Kingdom Hearts playlist because they're adding Sora this week and I'm getting pumped. I saw That's all. That on TikTok. Ah, I'm excited. It's gonna be great. Anyway, ah. so <laughs> now <laughs> it's time for the, the the part y'all come here for. We're, we're gonna be talking about. Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage. Uh, He's already said that. Uh, Y'all have seen the movie or you wouldn't be listening, right? Because we're going to be doing lots of spoilers. So I just, you all know what we're talking about. Um, We're just going to kind of share some of our thoughts and just kind of talk about things. uh, I'll go ahead and go first. Uh, I thought that I was disappointed and um, not majorly disappointed. It was better than the first movie. But, meh. Uh, it's one of those where i don't have a huge connection to either of the characters i know just enough to be dangerous and i grew up with the 90s spider-man tv show so i just have this perspective that they should all be exactly like that which is not true to the comics but it's what my brain wants things to be and i'm just like hmm that venom's not right Venom's supposed to be bad for like two and a half seasons what are you doing <laughs> so that's where i'm coming at this from uh, alex Where where are you at with this
2: yeah, I'm with you on that. I was confused. I was disappointed and confused with this movie. But the first one, in my opinion, <laughs> was better. And, like, I was confused because after I finished it, I was left with more questions than answers with how – it's just the plot and the storyline didn't have enough development for me. And there's just a lot of random things in there that I was like, okay, but why? Like, why yeah. did that happen? Like, why does there was Carnage too hate that? much go- – It was just, why, 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 why? I was not
0: satisfied at all. And A a really awkward love story buddy comedy is, like, half the movie and the other half is a serial killer becoming an alien monster, and you're like, these two things don't go together. Yeah,
2: and, like, it uh, it was just so many random things in there. Like, his girlfriend has uh, voice powers. Like, why does she have those powers? Why is she the only one? (laughs) And, like, the cop at the end, he, like, Woke up with blue eyes. Okay,
0: why? I just yeah. did. not I just needed more. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It also it suffered from that where like you feel like you're watching a TV show that they were like, how can we make this a movie instead? So they just cut stuff until it's like this is kind of coherent.
1: Yeah. yeah, Joe, where are you at with with this one? <laughs> well to to speak to some of the stuff that you had a problem with Alex they sat in this weird in between right of totally disregarding the the source material in a lot of respects but also expecting people to understand who these ancillary characters are like peter uh peter mulgan the the cop is people who are who are who know the comics uh, side of things will know him as Toxin, a one of a, a future symbiote. Uh, same thing with um, I cannot remember if they did Screech or if they did. Um, uh, the other one, uh, but basically, two two symbiotes from the from the movie that, or from the comics that, literally almost do the exact same thing. Hmm. But it's that's where she, there's a whole preponderance of backstory in the comics as to why she gets the symbiote, why those powers in particular, the whys and the whats, and all of those kinds of things. So they sat in this weird in between. But the problem is. Is that they they didn't want to commit to actually going one direction or the other, nor did they want to commit to a coherent, actual A to B <laughs> sort of story. They yeah, just this- wanted. The problem is that they took what "quote unquote" worked out of the first movie and said, "Oh, let's just do more of that." The problem is, is that thing that worked in the first movie. Was the bright light in the midst of darkness of a crappy movie mm-hmm. like outside of Tom Holland or, or uh, uh, Tom Hardy. Really, really just doing some incredible stuff, especially when you realize that he's literally talking to himself. Yeah, the and stuff um- that he good.
0: No, I was going to say, we, we talked about this before before we started recording, but it, it, it felt very much like the problems that I had with Pirates of the Caribbean 4, uh, which was still a, a, a decent movie. But the problem was they said, hey, you know what worked with the, some of those older Pirates of the Caribbean? Jack Sparrow. What if we just made Jack Sparrow the movie? And it's like, yeah, he's the fun part, but it still needs substance. And it's like a lot of times it's like they they forget that as movie directors. Like this is what people like, so we'll just do that. Well it would it would be akin to if Mandalorian season 3 was just we all watched someone babysit Grogu. Like yeah, we love Grogu, but we don't want to watch hours of that.
1: Mm-hmm. And the the issue I think becomes when you you know, you you look at who is your prime target audience. For this, who are the people that are most likely going to buy tickets and run out to the theaters when they hear of IP being used like Venom and Carnage? Thirty-something millennials—that's a slam dunk from a marketing standpoint. That is literally a slam dunk. I, I get it. You want to. You want to also market and advertise and direct yourself towards the younger audience and get some of that new blood into the fra- into the fandom and all that kind of stuff, great. I, I 100% support that. But you had mentioned, Josh, that, you know, there's a whole generation of us that grew up with the 90s <laughs> Spider-Man yeah. animated series and they were, even that was still, you know, toned down from what it is in the comics but but still in that kind of spirit, because i uh, like I told you, Josh, before we got on, before we we started recording. Um, I don't see a world, hot take. I don't see a world where you can do Carnage with anything less than an R rating, not and hold any kind of a semblance to to the source material, because he got his name for a reason. He can got do like, the
0: animated movie Venom vs Carnage. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um but yeah, as far as as far as that goes, like I, I think that it's I think that it was it was using characters it was it was disappointing to me because it was using characters that have enough substance in storyline and weight to them that you can build an entire franchise around these <laughs> characters. These should be the start of your new MCU. But instead we got a miscast, a, a miscasting for one of them. I'll say it. I don't think Woody Harrelson was ever the right choice for Cletus Cassidy for a variety of reasons. the best of part reasons. of the movie for me. <laughs> oh, woof. Cause that's <laughs> the problem is, is he should be carnage should be considerably smaller than Eddie And just not like, yes, I get it. He can, he's got that crazy in his eyes and Woody Harrelson can act certain scenes like only Woody Harrelson can, but, he's he's schlocky in in my opinion like if if what you're looking for and i think i said this to you josh if what you're looking for is to create a new universal monster movie out of carnage then 100 percent carnage or Ven- venom 2 is your movie that then it's aces then you've you've done it to a team but that's that was the name carnage but that was not for either side, the Cletus Cassidy side, or the vet or the carnage side, anything resembling that actual character. Yeah, so
0: a couple of things. So, so first, let me, let me be transparent before I start throwing other things out there and asking y'all some questions. Uh, first, I want to throw out there that the only exposure I've really had to carnage in the comics are like secondary stories. Like I have Deadpool versus carnage on my bookshelf over there, but I don't have any carnage comics or really, I don't, I don't even think I have Spider-Man with carnage comics. Like I just haven't really particularly cared about him from that aspect. So I know him from some side stories, uh, then the animated TV show and that's it. So Joe is absolutely the expert. That being said, the one thing I really liked about the movie was carnage and, um, Cassidy were were creepy like they were actually creepy mm-hmm. the rest of the movie was just super off to me mm-hmm. Um, but, th- but that being said what, what Joe what you're getting at and this is what I kind of think too and then, and then I have a question for you too it, it, it feels like what you're getting at is they basically they tried to make a movie that was both for Beginners who have no idea who these people are, and also for people who have been super familiar with these stories forever, and by trying to do both, they ended up making one that's not for either of those audiences. <laughs> Neither of them can relate to this movie. <laughs> um, but which sounds like we're bashing it. It wasn't a bad movie. I'm, hey, well, I enjoyed I disagree it
1: with that sentiment wholeheartedly. <laughs> I thought it was a bad. movie. <laughs> it was okay, just so,
0: confusing. It was they didn't answer yeah. enough. I, I had fun though. That was the thing. Like I yeah. still had fun watching this. Then like, it's funny. It wasn't a great plot. I w- a lot of the stuff was messed up, but
1: it was fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See that I can I can agree with the sentiment that if what you are looking for, for all of you comic book nerds out there, seriously, <laughs> shut off your comic book big brain for a minute and go in and watch this movie. Then, if you're just looking for a popcorn flick, Aces, great, wonderful. Like, go ahead, go watch a popcorn flick. Absolutely, but don't if you go in there with any kind of expectation or preconceived notion because of the characters that are being used, you are going to be disappointed.
0: Yeah. Okay, so I
1: have a question I want to
0: throw to to both of y'all, and then and then we should go ahead and give our ratings for the episode, uh, for the movie, rather than continuing to say that all these terrible things
1: about
0: it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it was fun! It was fun, guys! Listen to me, it was fun! I just also didn't like it. Um. <laughs> Oh man! So my question I want to ask you guys is I want to see if you guys got the same feeling. It really felt like all throughout the movie they were like, "Here's a hint of something we're gonna do." Like they kept hinting at different things and like putting like little like strings that it was like, "Oh, they can build something off of this." And then in that after credit scene, Mm. which wasn't the best part of the whole movie, Mm -hmm. uh, when we they trash everything. It's like, (laughs) hey, we we're gonna build a whole universe here. Psych! This universe is gone. Did y'all y'all kind of got the same feeling with that? Like, yeah, like, what? I got that feeling. It was I don't know.
2: Like that end credit scene. I just had I just had even more questions because, like, first of all, <laughs> why does he have a target for Spider-Man? And two, <laughs> what does he hope to achieve? Because Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, already wrecked it by that
0: point. I feel like, like with the shaking, right. I feel like that's when the universe just Yo. cracks hot take since the movie hasn't come out yet and everyone can hear me be either surprisingly right or most likely wrong uh, I don't think either of them messed up the multiverse I I think what happened with the Lokis or some (sighs) other character actually messed up the multiverse so in the commercial when Doctor Strange is like no stop you're gonna mess it up he was not talking to Spider-Man that's my take
1: (gasps) oh my gosh uh yeah maybe and i've i've heard that i've heard that theory elsewhere, and out of the out of the the grouping of them i think that's probably the most thought out of of any of them as far as like is it is it dr strange that's that's at fault is it peter that's at fault is it loki that's at fault is it you know whatever you know who uh, i 100%
2: is loki's fault
1: 100% I, i'm still mad
0: i want it to be <laughs> listen i desperately want it to be madam web if you
1: know you know oh bro <laughs> There we go. Yes. That would be that would great. Be, we need some, we need some Madam, Web, could you imagine? Uh, I can't think of her na- the name. Who is Madam? Uh, Meryl Streep. If you, could you imagine Madam Webb played by Meryl Streep? <laughs> Dude, oh. that would be amazing. Yo, so Alex asked who
0: Madam Webb is. Could you I'm please explain around. to her and anyone else who who's listening who might not know? Because I feel like you uh, probably know better than I. I know her from the show.
1: A A... Well, that's where she's most known from. She doesn't play nearly <laughs> as big of a... She, so basically, everything that Madame Web is in the show is the Beyonder in the comics. But with Madame <laughs> Web, she's an omnipotent old lady that comes out of nowhere and basically controls all of the Spider-Universe multiverse stuff. That is a super boiled-down version. Now, <laughs> without going into all of the... You know, there's a multiverse of spider man and they're, you know in in one multiverse it was uh uncle ben that got the the spider powers in one it was a pig that got the spider powers um, hey, spider you know, big, and so on and so forth spider pig sorry right <laughs> which which i i will i will eternally be a little salty at into the spider verse for not doing madam web because that was literally your perfect right? shot to do madam web right i you love I mean? her yeah, um, so I basically, she is your, she is your store. Your, she is the, the, the bouncing ball, In the 90s cartoon, like for most people, they know her as the narrative bouncing ball for the back half. When they really start to delve into crossover stuff and multiverse stuff and all of that in the animated TV show in the 90s. Yeah. She's kind of your reliable narrator of it, of the continuous episode. This is not what the show is
0: about. So I'm going to this will be my last two cents on this. Here's how it could fit. All right. Here's how it could fit. Madam Web has said that there has to be a Spider-Man in every universe. Clearly, the Venom universe does not have a Spider-Man. She might be trying to rectify that.
1: I want you to know that that is officially headcanon now for me. 100% that's headcanon now. That, well, I, I want that to be what's happening. Bro, chef, chef's kiss. That was, that was <laughs> <Chef's> kiss. phenomenal.
0: <laughs> I, I hope that's what they do. If it is, uh, Marvel, Disney, y'all might owe me, Mm -hmm, right? You heard (laughs) it here first. These ideas for free.
1: (laughs) Oh man. man. That is great.
0: Okay. So let's, let's go ahead and let's, let's give our ratings for this. Um, (laughs) sorry, (laughs) I got lost here. Um, Okay. Well, okay. Let's go ahead and give our ratings for this. Uh, I'll, I'll go first because uh, I feel like I need to explain my rating system because I got some flack for how I rated *Revenge of the Sith*. That's um, because you did it wrong. I, I did not.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Listen. Okay. For me, for me, my my whole rating system is based off of one very simple metric. Uh, a five would mean if I went on to. Netflix and just picked a random movie with my eyes closed, I'm equally as likely to find something I would like more or less than that movie. So my whole system is based off of that. A five would be just that. So the higher the number, the less likely I am to find something randomly that I would enjoy more. And the lower, the more likely I am to find something I would enjoy more. So for this, I'm going to give 5.5 just because I think... (laughs) There is a slight chance that if I picked something at random, I would enjoy this more than that. But but only a slight chance. Because I, I just enjoy most movies. Uh Alex? Hmm. Zero to
2: ten. <laughs> oh wow. I don't know. I was thinking like six.
0: That's that's pretty solid.
2: Yeah, I was thinking six. It was okay. Could have been better. <laughs>
0: All right, all right. Um, now for I the said. real critic. Joe, where are you going? Here? The one so who knows I'll give give it a
1: material. I'll give it a four. And the Ooh. only reason why I would give it a four, and even that high, is I have a hard time showing any kind of shade to Tom Hardy because of just... So for those of you that don't know, and I feel like everybody knows this, but he plays both... Eddie and Venom and he actually in the sound booth there's video of him with earbuds in he records Venom first and then we'll play back Venom and respond in a way like as if he's actually having that conversation so like there's there's effort and process put into all of this so for me I got I got to show some love to that so maybe if I'm feeling generous on a particular day it might get a five but from a storyline stand or from a story standpoint for what they did with the characters for what they did with that post-credit scene, because I, the only for th- for me, the only way that that post-credit scene gets redeemed because now they're bringing a whole mess of baggage into the MCU. I would rather them kick out Tom Holland, make him the make him Sony Spider-Man, get recast Spider-Man for the MCU, so that way they can put thought and ca- thought and effort into all of these different characters rather oh. than slap-dashing them all together. But, but so for, Spider-Man is so good. <laughs> right well keep him as sony spider-man and have yeah, but sony so- movies are so bad <laughs> well i mean they're then they shouldn't be allowed to dilute the effort that's been put into the mcu i'm just saying. i
0: agree disney buy sony this is my second idea <laughs> you're getting for free
1: <laughs>
0: they, man, i should be on the staff
1: <laughs> right for me the only way that that gets redeemed is if no way home is low key their way of telling us hey this is tom holland's last MCU flick we're now we're now taking him back over into this box because as per contract uh, from what the net from what most what is public information will say is that tom this is uh tom holland's last film with marvel um was Endgame, so that or, or not not it wasn't endgame it was it's this one so yeah. this may be their way of writing him out of the greater MCU so Ooh. to me setting that up is probably the best case scenario right. for the overall you know future of both franchises but yeah I like I said four four out of ten even even by your metrics Josh I would say that more often than not, I would very much be inclined to think that I would find something that I would enjoy more than that.
0: Yeah. Uh, Again, I just want to reiterate my problem with uh, Tom Holland and Spider-Man going to Sony. Um, Sony makes bad movies. (laughs) Yeah. I I can't think of a Sony movie that I really like, but that's all continue.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I do have a question though yeah about carnage like why are red ones scary
1: <laughs>
2: yeah okay so <laughs> even i don't know that one because like it just uh, that's probably the biggest question out of the whole movie that i just couldn't like let go of like the way venom reacted to seeing carnage he's like yo we're gonna die that's a red one we're dead okay i was like okay but why <laughs> right why is he worse and why does Ven- Karna- Carnage keep calling Venom Father?
1: Like because um, so this is a this is a great point to to segue over into the um, to segue over into the comic book side and why so much of this why I say what I say as far as my rating goes. So in the comics, Venom is the first symbiote that we are introduced to. And there's a famous scene, if you've ever seen the 90s show, if you saw Spider-Man 3, it was kind of rec- part of it was recreated with the Bell Tower scene, all of this where where you have Eddie Brock who's introduced to the to the symbiote, not any semblance of a good guy. He he was in he's in prison. With Cletus, like, maximum security prison with Cletus <laughs> Cassidy, when they first meet. So it's not like anybody's, like, he wasn't, a, you know, a guest of the government or whatever. He was a prisoner when they first met. So not a good guy. And um, he is broken out of prison by – basically by Venom and the power of the Beyonder, if I remember correctly. Um And while all of this is happening, a part of Venom leaks out and onto Cletus Cassidy and they symbiotes uh, reproduce asexually. And so he technically reproduced and hence you got Carnage. And the, the only reason why Carnage is red is because it got into Cletus's bloodstream. So because it's in his bloodstream, it's more they're more inherently bonded. Remember, symbiotes are parasites. Wait, wait, one, wait so they're two, more bonded.
0: They're not less bonded as in what happens with this movie. But they're extra bonded.
1: They are so and and this actually goes into one of the biggest problems that I had oh. with with the way that they presented those two in the comics. If ever you hear Carnage refer to itself, it always says I, because Cletus Cassidy and Carnage, the Carnage symbiote, which has its own mind and its own personality, they are they view themselves as one being fully assimilated into one another. For all of you, Star Trek fans think the Borg. you know what I yeah. mean? Like th- that kind of thing. Like they the
0: are Dr. Who fans,
1: <laughs> right? They are a part of the greater hive mind. Carn or uh, uh, Venom always refers to itself as we, because they, they never Eddie incarnate or Eddie and Venom always keep that, that distance from one another where they are two separate people because that's, Otherwise you get so murderous rampage venom. And that's part of what they were. That's why I say that the first one was better because the first movie at least touched on that, or that inner turmoil that eventually we see out of Eddie Brock, who wants to try and be like, see that gradual arc towards anti-hero and all of that kind of stuff that we eventually got after decades of material where you saw Eddie want to keep those murderous, those murderous urges at bay and things like that. And they, so they couldn't become one complete entity. So- but, when, but when talking about the, the symbiotes themselves, to answer your question, it's because technically Carnage is the offspring of Venom. But they did not – and that was part of the wanting to cater to, to comic book fans, but not actually catering to comic book fans portion of the whole thing.
0: Mm-hmm. So so basically that whole ending where we beat Carnage because we're better friends was just complete and utter bull. Yeah. Um, so not only was it <laughs> cheesy and lame, it was also just – inaccurate from the source material. Like Great. even then it didn't make sense to me. Yeah. It, it was so cheesy. I mm-hmm. I couldn't st- I hate I hate endings like that. Um also hate that carnage was just like killed. Like that was stupid. Um okay, so Joe, th- this question will lead you into the comic book stuff I, I, and I know we're about to wrap up after that, but I I have to know. And this has become Josh and Alex ask Joe stuff. This mm-hmm. is ask Joe segment. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> So I always got the feel and maybe it's because the animated show and I have really old comics of like Spider-Man and Venom. But I always got the feel that Venom's origin was almost had like a religious tint to it because, you know, the scene at the church or because, you know, Spider-Man's literally just like so much angst. And there's so much like actual going on within him that it felt more like inwards and almost spiritual, but not quite spiritual Whereas these movies make it feel a lot more like from the beginning, Venom was just alien, which I know he is an alien. But like, am I wrong about that whole like almost religious vibe to his origins?
1: So it's more in a a holistic sense. You're looking at more of a morality tale than a spiritual tale Um, from every everything that early foundational Peter Parker the stuff that is lit that everything that we have now is based off of including what they've done recently in the comics with the King and Black series um, all of that stuff has all been... Um, like a coming of age tale. That's why Peter, that's why Spider-Man is the number one and remains the number one best selling IP ever created in comics. The only one to beat out Batman Um, because it's, it's, he's written in a way that anybody who's, who's looking to read a coming of age tale will in some way, shape or form relate to this. You know what I mean? Um, so that I get what you're, what you're getting at. And at times it can hedge towards that kind of spiritual sort of dynamic, but really it's more, it's more of a, of a morality tale and a quick, did you know topic you, you had said as far as venom being completely alien, Eddie Brock is not the first, um, host for Venom, Spider Man is. That's actually why Venom has the spider on his chest and why Venom can shoot webs, because it takes on uh, it takes on characteristics of the host. Yeah.
0: So yeah. Um, that was yeah. another thing I always thought was weird with this. Like it, it's hard to have Venom without Spider Man because that, that just, is no that's Venom not how the story Spider-Man.
1: goes. Yeah, yeah. So I want to pose the question. When it comes to these anti-heroes and things like that, we'll start with you, Alex. Can you have an anti-hero that Christians can root for? Or is that wrong because they're technically part villain?
2: That's a good question. And I don't know. I want to say, I guess it depends on the anti-hero you're talking about. Um, and like like what they do and things like for Venom's case I don't know like I find myself rooting for him because like their goal is to like be protector for mankind but like the way they go about it though is not cool with like eating people's heads and things like that so I don't know it's, it's, i guess it just depends on like what the anti-hero does morally yeah if that makes any sense i don't know
0: yeah um so so let's let me say that i am speaking from absolutely no authority whatsoever um but here here's my two cents i i feel like it's okay to cheer for the outcome. If that makes sense. Like, like I'm cheering for God to do his will, but not necessarily for the character itself. Right. Mm. Um, we, we have a problem, especially in American politics today, not to get political, but yeah, where a lot of people are just like, this is what I wanted. So I'm okay with anything that took it took to get here. And and I don't think it's okay to have that kind of attitude. Cause it's not, sometimes it's okay to get a bad outcome to do things correctly. But also, sometimes you're just like, "Hey, uh, this is messed up, God. If you could do something about it, and we can't question, you know, uh, what's what's the Bible verse that uh, what what the enemy meant for evil, God means for good, right? So I'm like, I'm cheering for God, not necessarily Vitam. <laughs> if God decides to use venom. sure, whatever.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. What about you, Joe? What do you think?
1: So I am inclined to. Um, to go with something that I talk a lot about on, on buddy walk is that God is a God of gray area, right? Like there is no such thing as, um, total one way or the other, you know? And I mean that for both sides, I don't mean, I mean, there's no such thing as total legality and there's no such thing as total depravity. Um, so, to me, I think in different ways, we are all antiheroes Should we be cheering people on to go kill people in the name of the the good of the few outweighs the the needs of are the, the needs of the few outweigh the good of the many no like that's not I don't I, I think that all of those kind the, all of those types of mentalities are born of the world but the problem is, is that when we try sometimes to separate sin from sinner, we just throw everything out and call it and call it good. And and I'm not trying to, because I, I I myself have my own group of people, right? My own mm-hmm. subtype of humans, where I'm like, nah, you you stay over there and (laughs) I don't, I'm good. You know what I mean? Go in peace, but go, go away. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. Um, which, which is not actual, actual grace or anything like that. So the levels of grace that we are called and the levels of, of support and love that we are called to show are inconceivable by man. That is exactly why we need grace. That is exactly why we need the cross. We are all the criminal. Every single one of us is the Criminal, and so I think I think part of what you said, Josh, rings very, very true. That in all of this, we need to be pursuing the kingdom and pushing forward, God, right? But I think part of that is supporting um, supporting the use of the broken toys by God. And I want to point to a scripture verse here, second Kings 14, 26 and 27. For the Lord saw the affliction of Israel, which was very bitter for their was neither bond nor free, nor was there any helper for Israel. The Lord did not say that he would blot out the name of Israel from under heaven, but he saved them by the hand of Jeroboam, the son of Joash." So he, for a quick, super, super Reader's Digest version, because there's a lot of context to Israel's story <laughs> that goes yeah. into this, but Jeroboam was not a good man. He was a wicked king. The Bible portrays him as just like the first Jeroboam and as one who raised conflict and division and strife and all of these things, right, that as Christians were not called to to be partaking in or to put forward or anything like that. So we need to remember that sometimes, well, I should say it like this. We need to remember that we are all broken toys. The whole toy box is broken. And we need to be cool with the fact that God does in fact use the broken toys out of the toy box because that all of them are broken. And understanding that that's, that's cool, that we need to, Make sure that we're not throwing away, you know, the, the people that are rough around the edges, the people, you know, those kinds of people yeah. because of, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because it's all of us. I, I like what you said. We're we're all yeah. the antihero in at mm-hmm. least some way. Yeah. yeah. Like, because if you really think about it, all of us killed at least one person to be the good guy. And that would be Jesus. So mm-hmm. that's. Pretty bad, pretty bad murder, murder rep for all of us, I'd say. I never thought of it that way. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <Well. laughs> I feel like that's a weird way to think of it. Um. Yeah. Uh, Alex, did you have any, did you have any other takes on just kind of the, the biblical passage on that?
1: Um,
2: not really, no. You guys like hit everything. <laughs> like...
1: What you (laughs) mean? This this
0: was this was honestly me and Alex interviewed Joe in disguise. We let him think he was hosting the podcast, but really we wanted to ask him questions. Oh yeah. Thanks, Joe. All right. So with that being said, then bring on the drum roll for the wrap-up. This is the wrap-up. Uh first thing we like to do is just kind of leave you guys with a recommendation. Um my recommendation is gonna be pretty simple. Uh, that that comic i mentioned earlier carnage versus deadpool it's honestly one of the funniest things you'll read and it's totally worth it yeah so uh joe did you have a recommendation for everybody
1: uh yeah, uh so in in light of what we've been talking about, I would suggest that you guys a check out the 90s uh uh TV show for like seriously the definitive take on on Carnage and Venom both. But for Absolutely. reading material, uh Maximum Carnage. Um, it gets it gets a little goretastic at points and things like that. There is, you know, viewer discretion is advised, sort of thing. <laughs> but yeah, um, definitely a very very solid story. Alex,
2: um, yeah, my recommendation has nothing to do with the Spider Man world at all. But <laughs> I was just saying, <laughs> watch Squid Game. I mean, it's not for the. It's a lot, so it's not for the faint of heart. But if you like to, if you like intense.
0: Thing Squid Game, it's for you. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> interesting. I haven't seen that one yet, so I don't have a comment. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't <That> finished means- <laughs> it, but so far it's it's good. Nice. Uh, so that being said, uh, again, I'm Joshua. I do a podcast with one of our other co-hosts, TJ Blackwell. It's called the Whole Church Podcast. You can find it on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter wherever you get podcasts all the good stuff
1: um you can find um you can find me pretty much everywhere on socials and things like that at buddy walk with Jesus uh that's the other show that I co-host um yeah Alex
2: yeah you can find me on Instagram at Coco Bean 19 but the E's like a 3 so it's I don't know why it's like that. Probably <laughs> but yeah, B 19 on Instagram. Mm-hmm.
0: Nice, <laughs> nice. And next week, we will be talking about the Dune, the new movie coming up with hosts Pastor Will Rose, TJ Blackwell and Brandon Knight. Go to our website in the description to let us know what you've been geeking out on and what we should be. And remember, we are all a chosen people, a geekdom of priests.